You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You are now about to witness the strength of street knowledge. Oh. In the field, number 70! We're talking about practice. Hello, you play to win the game. The Yankees are champions of baseball. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. Three, two, one, happy 2000! No time on the clock, and the Patriots have won Super Bowl 36. Short open! Chicago with the lead! Worldwide Sports Radio Network presents Below the Mark. And I am back here at the studios of Worldwide Sports Radio here at Cafe Rays with Mr. Speedy Petey. As you know, our number is to call 1-845-478-3272. As you know, you can follow us by going to our website at WorldWideSportsRadio.com and search us. On all the social medias, how do you do that? Well, if you don't have Twitter, you go to Twitter. If you don't have Instagram, you go to Instagram. If you don't have Instagram, you go to Facebook. And if you don't go to Facebook, I don't know what the heck you're doing on social media. All you have to do is follow us. Maybe you're just anti-social media. Well, I'm not anti-social media. I'm no, not, not a you, social media not fan. Not you. I'm just saying anyone I am not a so Everybody that knows me, I am not a social media fan. So... I am starting to push myself to get into social media. So if you're not on social media, you can follow us by going to social media, all the social media platforms, radio.com, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, all over the social media market. You can find us by going to Worldwide Sports Radio Network, or you can go to... What were you going to say, Speedy? I was say, I'm going to convince you to use your Twitter like twice a year. <laughs> I don't really use my Twitter. Yeah, but exactly. I, I, I seem to have a lot of people following me. I have 109 people following me, and I'm never on Twitter. Yeah, that's actually not bad considering you're not on Twitter. That's I follow I like, like 380, and I'm on it a lot. <laughs> I follow 70 people, and I don't even know who I follow because when I signed up for Twitter, what was it, like three years ago? <laughs> the accounts don't exist anymore. <laughs> the accounts? No, no, the accounts really just pick people that I they would think that I would be following, uh-huh. like analysts or athletes. Right, right. So they picked it for me. So I, I don't even really know who I'm following. So, But I'm going to start pushing my Twitter. I, I know a lot of people are probably wondering why I don't answer or post anything. It's a good way to, for people to interact with you. And, and unfortunately, I don't really use it. So I, I push our Worldwide Sports Radio Twitter. And th- I want right. to thank Jillian. I want to thank Ricky. I want to thank all the people that work on our social media. They're awesome. They put a lot of time into it. And I don't understand why nobody is following or Seeing what they're posting, they post up a lot of stuff, a lot of interesting stories. Go check out our Twitter. Go check out our Facebook, our Instagram. They're great. And I'll tell you this right now. Jilly and Ricky are the best thing that we've ever brought in to this network. I think they've really helped our social media out. So I want to thank both of them. Speedy, do you like to spank a monkey? No. Why don't you like to All spank right. monkeys? Again, I went over this. Do you like to spank your monkey? I don't have a monkey. You don't have a monkey. I do not have a monkey. So you, you don't know what a monkey is? I do know what a monkey is. But, but I do you like to one. spank the monkey? No. Why don't you like to spank the monkey? I don't want to startle it, and there's no benefit for me. So you're startling a monkey if you spank it. Why would it? I startle a harmless creature <laughs> for because, no reason? Because the monkey could be in all different ways. You know what I mean? It could be... So why would I want it to be in all different ways? That's what I'm curious well, I don't know. I, I, do you like to spank the monkey? No. Do you like to spank a woman's ass? Would I care? <laughs> I'm just asking. Do you do? You, would you smack or spank a woman's ass? Probably not. No. <laughs> Why wouldn't you spank a woman's ass? Because it's disturbing. 
disturbing that you're spanking a woman's I, ass? I'd rather n- it's disturbing on for them. I know people don't like it. Wait a second. Wait a second. Before we get into the show, because this is, you know, before we we actually got into the show, me and Speedy were actually going back and forth. And I was talking yeah, about spanking a monkey and spanking a woman's All ass. Right, so, yeah. So what what benefit would the monkey have, for one? And then well, how the do you woman, know, women I, usually get annoyed. How, a woman's going to get annoyed if you spank her ass? I would imagine so. Yeah. Why? How do you know? Maybe she likes it. You don't think a, a woman random would... person? No, uh, nah, you. You're a speedy yeah, me. Peedy. I'm a random person. Well, you're a speedy peedy. You're a great. You're you're a superstar. You're a superstar here at the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Yes, if a woman to, bends women, over, I'm would you spank person. her? If you thought this woman was hot and she wanted you to spank her, would you spank her? Okay, that's different. I thought you meant well, randomly. Well, why is it different? Because I thought you meant randomly. If she's why? asking you to you, spank her, you wouldn't spank her. Correlated with the freaking monkey, which well, is completely random. Well, how do you know what monkey I'm talking uh, talking about? Maybe I'm talking about something else. You're talking about a famous monkey? <laughs> well, I'm not talking about Georgia the dun- jungle over here. Yeah, okay. What's a famous monkey then? <laughs> I, well, how do you know I'm talking about a legit... How do you know I'm talking about a monkey? Because you implied a monkey. Well, how do you know I'm not talking about something else? Just like because I'm like saying what? spanking a, a monkey. A stage name, a monkey? Uh, <laughs> is, that, is that a singer or something? <laughs> Speedy, you are out of your mind. Anyways, hit it, Speedy. Today's... Stories in sports here at the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. As everybody knows, Dak Prescott says he's for sure at peace with the Cowboys' contract negotiations. Obviously, everybody knows that Dak Prescott is right now negotiating a contract with the Cowboys. He wants the the high. He wants to be the highest paid quarterback in the NFL this year. He was a top five in yards, touchdowns, and practically every statistic. He believes he deserves between 32 and $37 million. That's the story right now with Dak Prescott. If Tom Brady wants the 49ers, will he, would the 49ers want Tom Brady? That's an interesting question because they made a trade a couple of years ago for Jimmy Garoppolo with the New England Patriots. Tom Brady coming from the New England Patriots. He just moved close to San Francisco. The stories are coming out. This is a good story because right now, Tom Brady is on the ends of his career. And Tom Brady is looking for another Super Bowl. Why not go to the 49ers and help them win a championship now that they just got knocked out and knocked around by the Kansas City Chiefs? This is going to be a story throughout the summer. I think the 49ers are interested in Tom Brady. The question is, why would they be interested in Tom Brady when they have Jimmy Garoppolo? So, and I don't think they, I don't think Tom Brady. He might take a small pay cut for the 49ers. That's his childhood dream to play there. But I can't imagine this to be that much more drastic than what Jimmy G's getting paid. Rams to meet with Todd Gurley to discuss the 2020 status. Now, everybody knows that Todd Gurley got a big contract a couple of years ago. He's making, I think, about 15 or 16 million dollars. Right, right behind Dak Prescott. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, not Zeke. Zeke, uh, Zeke Elliott. So when you think about this, Todd Gurley, who didn't have a great season this year, who is fighting injury, it seems like every other year this guy has an unbelievable season and he can't stay healthy. Do the Rams keep him or do the Rams trade him? That's going to be the question before, the uh, obviously, the draft or maybe in free agency. I think you're going to go in. If you're the Rams, it's smart to go into the season with him. And if he's running the ball well, maybe try to trade him at the trade deadline. The Los Angeles Lakers to face 
unprecedented challenge, uh, pivotal uh, moment. Right now, I'm reading what this story is while we're talking. Obviously, everybody knows what happened to Kobe Bryant and Gianna. Well, right now, the helicopter crash that stunned the world, the Lakers at their heart, are a family business, and Bryant was a big part of the family business. So I think they're going to do something for Kobe Bryant. Obviously, they retired his two numbers. I think they're going to obviously build a statue for Kobe Bryant outside the Staples Center. So that's going to be an interesting story moving forward. The Lakers are favorites to land Darren Collison. The Lakers right need need point guard help right now. Uh, You see LeBron James playing, I guess, point forward right right now. They need another point guard. They need another, obviously, with all the trades that have happened today. So that's going to be a story moving forward. And Steve Cohen's deal to buy the Mets unlikely. MLB sources Uh. are coming out. We are going to talk about this more later in the show. But this is a bad story for the New York Mets fans. The Wilpons seem to have their hand in really ruining everything for the New York Mets fans of being happy. If this this doesn't scream classic Mets, I don't know what does. (laughs) And the Dodgers sign Max Muncy to a three-year extension. I think this is a good move for the Dodgers. At landing Mookie Betts, which we're going to get into in a few minutes. This this team is probably the most talented team in baseball. All-around team in baseball. Right and right behind them are the Yankees. Right. These are the two favorites to go from the National League and the American League to the World Series this year. It's going to be a fun year in the American League and the National League. A ton of pressure both ways, though. So, And those what... are the stories of the week in sports. Here at Below the Mic. You want to know something, Speedy? I don't understand why you don't like to spank the monkey, but... Maybe in the future you'll understand what spanking the monkey is and you'll learn how to do that. If you want to buy a monkey. Well, I'm not talking about buying a monkey. I'm talking about you spanking your monkey. Oh, you want me to buy a monkey? No, I want you to spank your monkey. But if I don't own one, how can I You do own one. You absolutely do own one. Now you have to think about it. You have a monkey. All right. And you know how, I hope you know how to use it. I would hope so, too, but I don't know. <laughs> Guys, I think a lot of people need to help this kid out. I, I think he doesn't know the terminology of spanking a monkey. So we're going to help him later on in the show. Anyways, uh, before we go to break, I do want to get into a little baseball talk. And I want to get into the Mookie Betts story because uh, this was a big story. I actually called Tyler's show, The Home Stretch. Yeah. When this came out, Tyler had no idea this was going on. He was mad you broke it, by the way. Why? Why is that? Because <laughs> he's been waiting for news to break during his show for a while, which he did like. But he did. He, he, was, he was like, all right, that's good. But Errol had to be the one to break it. He got annoyed with. Well, why is that? I, I, I think I Cause he wants the, he always have some wants flair. To, he always I, wants to do it. I have some flair. I don't know if Tyler has the flair that I have. Okay? So when I call a show and I give news – he should be thankful that I did such a thing because he didn't know and he probably wouldn't have said anything because I think it was in the middle of his show. I don't think he right. would have seen anything. Right. So I helped him out. So there you go. Well, obviously, everybody knows the Red Sox traded Mookie Betts and David Price to the Los Angeles Dodgers. They landed arguably the best and most talented prospect in baseball, Alex Vertigo. Verdugo. I call him Vertigo. And pitching prospect... Uh, Bruce Dar Graturo. Great name. 
Yeah, so uh, this guy is a, a pretty good pitching prospect. They, I think he's a second-tier prospect with the Dodgers organization. Actually, it was the no, Twins, he was organ- the Twins, Twins organization. organization. And he came up as a reliever uh, in the second half of the season. He actually was decent. He was a little inconsistent, but he was decent as a reliever. Well, thank you. I, I was just about to say the Twins organization. And the Twins, this is a three-team, uh, three-team trade. The Twins get Kenta Maeda, who Kenta Maeda is, uh, has been a very good pitcher in, in baseball so far we've seen. Obviously, he's moving into the American League. He's been in the National League since he's come into base, since he's come to the MLB uh, from, I think, Japan. So this is going to be a complete change for him, and we're going to see how he, uh, how he develops in, in Minnesota in the American League. He's in an easy division, a much more weaker division than he's coming from with the Dodgers. So I'm interested to see what Maeda is going to do with the Twins. And I think the Twins have one of the best pitching staffs in baseball now. So it's going to be fun to watch them. They have Burroughs. they got a very good pitching, uh, pitching roster Odorizzi. and really pitching talent. Mm-hmm. Odorizzi went healthy. is very good. Uh, they need a little more depth maybe, but it, it's good though as a whole, especially if you can get the Odorizzi you got, I think, what was it, four years ago when he was a Cy Young contender? The story is really Mookie Betts. And Mookie Betts, who's been wanting out with the really the Boston Red Sox for the last two years, even before they won the World Series a couple of years ago. Alex Cora getting fired really pissed off Mookie Betts. That was another thing that really pissed off Mookie Betts. And there were stories coming out of Boston when Alex Cora, it came out that Alex Cora was going to be uh, res- uh, relieved from, from duties, uh, that he wanted out of Boston. Now, there were stories coming out. Mookie Betts wanted to move out west. And I didn't know it was the Dodgers or the Angels or any of these L.A. teams, but he wanted to move out west. And the Dodgers obliged to him uh, a couple of days ago. It was 48 hours ago. And they landed David Price, who is one of the highest-paid pitchers in baseball, overpriced pitchers in baseball, who hasn't pitched well (laughs) with the Red Sox since he went to the Red Sox. He pitched very well in their World Series run in the playoffs. But all in all, David Price has not been a good pitcher in the American League, and he hasn't been a good pitcher with, well, he's been a good pitcher in the American League with, right. with the, the Detroit Tigers and the Tampa Bay Rays. He was not a good pitcher with the Red Sox. They overpaid him. They paid him $205 million for eight years. And now the Dodgers are going to add to that very high pay grade of players that they have on their roster. Uh, they traded uh, yesterday their outfielder, um, what's his name again? Uh, their Verdugo. center fielder. Verdugo. Oh, Jock Peterson. Jock Peterson. Jock Peterson went to the Angels, I think. Yeah. That was a kind of a strange deal. No, I think it was a good deal for the Angels. The Angels oh, right now. a great now, deal for the Angels. The Angels right now, with their offseason they, ha- they have had, and going into pitchers and catchers in about a week and a half, I think the Angels are going to be one of the favorites to come out of their division this year. They have the best player in baseball. They have a very young pitching staff. They have um, your pitching fan, your, your, your favorite pitcher in baseball. <laughs> uh, having a, He's going to actually play this year as a pitcher, so... Uh, what's his name again? Matt uh, Harvey. No, I'm not talking about Matt Harvey. Oh, uh, okay. Otani. Oh, Otani. Oh, uh, man, you are lost, Speedy. <laughs> I thought you were saying me like I was a former Matt. I'm like, no, oh, Matt Harvey. You're, you're a pitching. You're the only one that likes Otani going. You know, when when the Angels brought him in, oh, and okay. and Otani has looked good as a hitter and has looked pretty decent as a pitcher. Uh, the guy just couldn't stay healthy. He tore his, uh, his UCL, and he was out as a pitcher for the season last year. Oh, God. I'm just picturing it now because Joe Madden did this with the Cubs a lot where he moved pitchers into the outfield in different spots and relief pitchers or uh, hitters pitching. 
How many positions will Shohei Otani play with Joe Madden? That's going to be I don't know. It's going to be fun to watch the Angels this year. I think the fact that Joe Madden is there, who's a very pro- high-profile manager in baseball, right. who likes the shift. He's the one who started the shift in baseball, well, brought back the shift in baseball right. from the olden days, from the 50s and the 60s when Ted Williams was playing. They, they used to shift on Ted Williams. Uh, I, I think right now when you look at this trade, does this make the Dodgers – a powerhouse team, they were already a powerhouse right. team. Does Mookie Betts fit the Dodgers lineup? He doesn't. He really doesn't. I this, he fits any lineup. I, don't I, I really don't think he does. And I'll tell you this. You're trading the top prospect in baseball who's only 20 years old. He's only 20 years old, and he's only going to get better. I think he hit 32 or 33 home runs in the minor leagues last year. I believe it. No, he's been highly touted since, I think, 2015 as the number one prospect in baseball. And a lot of people have come out and said that the Dodgers said that this kid was untouchable. They were not trading this kid. Right. Then it comes out over 24, 48 hours that they were going to move the kid, and they're moving him to the Red Sox. I think the Red Sox won this deal. I really do. Because they weren't keeping Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts wanted at least between 250 and $300 million dollars. And that's what the Dodgers are going to have to oblige to him next year because he's going to need he's going to want a lot of money. And the Dodgers right now have the highest salary in baseball. They're way over the salary cap and the luxury tax. And you bring in David Price. You have two <laughs> high-profiled, high-priced guys. David Price, who's owed about $140 million left on that contract, who looks like he's aging right in front of our face. Right. Mookie Betts, who's 28, going to be 29, and he's going to want a huge contract. He's one of the best players in baseball, one of the top five players in baseball, five-tool player in baseball, who could play two positions, outfield and second base. He can actually play four positions. Right. People forget he can play second base, but don't be surprised if he does it a lot this year because the Dodgers move everyone around. That's a versatile team. When you look at this deal, who benefited on the deal? Now, the Dodgers, obviously, when you look at the big names, the highly profiled names, they got the highly profiled names in this trade. Right. But they also had to sacrifice a lot, too, to do it, and that's why their return might have, might have come with a price. Now, I don't think they gave up as much as I thought they were going to. They gave for, up a lot. Uh, to, I'm not talking about a lot in terms of just to the Red Sox. I'm just saying a lot in the whole trade, yes. I found it strange that they had to get rid of Jock Peterson, and then they also got rid of Ross Stripling, too, to the Angels, too. Which is very well, they traded Jock Peterson because they, they didn't know where to put him. I mean, Mookie Betts is probably going to be in the outfield. He's probably going to be center field. Sure. And they had to move Jock Peterson because they didn't know where to put him. But again, They weren't going to send him down to the minors. No, but my point is I think Jock Peterson, even if he's a bench player, look at what he contributes. Power yeah, but here's the problem. off the bench. Here's the problem. There's no D, there, the DH is not implemented into the National League right now, even though next year it probably will be. But this year... They probably thought, you know what, we'll trade Jock Peterson, we'll get some prospects. We just gave up the biggest prospect in baseball. We'll add some prospects to our farm system and see what these guys turn out to be. No, that's understandable. I just think the type of player Peterson is, he still has value as a bench player. And there were more expendable pieces on that 40-man roster where they could have either, one, not had to trade for the Twins guy and, and Gratterall, and two not at the Delt Jock Peterson. I don't think between Peterson and Maeda, they were still one of their better depth pieces to have in both their ends. Maeda's versatile out of the bullpen and starting, and Peterson can do a lot off the bench too. So it seemed kind of strange to me. Since Magic Johnson took over as one of the owners of this organization, 
you have seen the growth of this farm system. This farm system has completely grown. Look at the prospects they have in their farm system right now. They have, I think, four of the top 28 prospects going into this trade in baseball. Yeah, the number two is Gavin Lux. He's mm-hmm. their shortstop, and he's, he, they said he was everything untouchable. He wasn't going anywhere. Dustin May is a pitching prospect. I think he was in the top 20, and then I think they have another pitcher. I think In the top 28. I don't think it was 28. I think it was like 40 or something like that. Nevertheless, they have – what I've seen in some of the, some of the farm systems that I saw, they have four of the – they had four of the top 28 prospects in baseball, which you look at the farm system, that's remarkable, absolutely remarkable. Oh, it's definitely is. And the, the surprising part is with all the pitchers that they have, they have, like you were saying, May, one that you think is 28, which is fine. I thought it was 40, but and they, they got three guys. Regardless, in some I'm surprised, prospect totals, yeah. they put them in the okay. top 28. Okay. They still have three pitching prospects that are top 50. And I'm surprised the Red Sox, with the, all the overpriced pitchers they went for and them having so many injury-prone pitchers, that they wouldn't try to push harder for that. They That's, got the best prospect in baseball. Sure. No, I think that end of it they did well with. I'm surprised they couldn't at least get something more out of it. This too. kid could be better than Mookie Betts, could be better than Mike Trout. Okay. That's fine. I agree with that. I love Verdugo's potential. Now, my thing is that what does that make the team? The same as what they currently are, which still has the same issues. So I would have thought if they were to trade Mookie Betts, they would try to solve those issues too. Because I think they could have done it. They could have done Verdugo and one of those pitching prospects too. I don't know about that. I, I think that the when, the, you, when you look at the Dodgers, they're giving up their best prospect on their farm system. And they're getting Mookie Betts. They're going to have to pay Mookie Betts next year. He's going to want a lot of money. So they gave up the top prospect in baseball for a guy that they're going to have to overpay next year who's going to be 29 years old, probably 30 by next year. Fair. And then David Price, you took on David Price's contract because that was the only way they're going to get Mookie Betts. That made made no sense to me because for either team because the Dodgers are cash-strapped and the Red Sox got less, not less, but again, not as much as they could have in the prospect department. Now, when I heard about Jock Peterson getting traded, I was thinking, all right, are the Angels going to take on some of David Price's contract to help out the Dodgers? Because I was thinking, why are they trading Jock Peterson? But mm. that didn't even happen. So the David Price end of it made no sense for either team. But I still think the Red Sox could have gotten a little more back than they did. It wasn't bad. It wasn't great. It was kind of average both ways. I, I think, think the, I think when you look at the Dodgers, the Red Sox, and the Twins, I think the Red Sox won that trade. And I think we won't, we won't know who wins this trade until like three, four years down the road. But you could look at it right now. The Red Sox were not bringing back Mookie Betts. They needed to trade him. Yes. He did not want to be with the Red Sox. Plus, to get potential for him to, to get, get suspended, too. To get the top prospect in baseball for Mookie Betts, that's saying a lot. Mookie Betts, when he came to base, when he came up with the Red Sox, he was a top prospect in baseball. Well, the Red Sox got, arguably, one of the top prospects in baseball. So it was like a swap. As far as David Price is concerned, they wanted to shed contract. That's what they did. They shed it away. A $140, $150 million contract with David Price, who, to me, has not really produced anything that they thought he was going to be after they gave him that contract. So I think it was a good move by the, the Red Sox. And now you see this young GM who came in from Tampa slowly but surely put his stamp to this team. And I think that what you see what the Red Sox are going to do going further, I think they're going to move a lot of these older players and they're going to build around youth and build that farm system that they haven't had in about three or four years. That's the goal, farm system and gems when you're bringing in someone from the race. And that's why I look at it. And 
And Maeda, Maeda is going to fit like a glove with the Minnesota Twins, especially in that division. They have arguably now one of the best pitching staffs in all of the American League now when you look at that pitching staff. And they're young, too, and right. controllable, too. So this team could be good for many, many years. And they have a good lineup. And they're in a, in a division that is a winnable division, even though the Angels have gotten better. Seattle has not gotten better. No, they're in the Central. I'm sorry. Um, Indians, White Sox. The Indians, I'm sorry. The Indians, White Sox. They have gotten better. The Indians have gotten worse. The Reds, uh, I mean, the, the Chicago White Sox have gotten better. So, and, and Chicago White Sox are a young team. They're a young right. franchise. So they're, they're moving in the right direction, and so is Minnesota. And I could see the Minnesota Twins winning that division hands down again this year. The question is, do they have to play the Yankees in the first round again? Right. <laughs> if they play the Yankees in the first round again, they're probably going to get knocked off. That is a playoff hindrance that they have not overcome for 15 years. The Yankees have had their number for years. Right. <laughs> and the Yankees will have their number again this year if they have to play them again. Because the Yankees – and, and I, I just want to say something. And I listened to I – think, I think it was Tyler uh, talking about James Paxton uh, being out. Uh, it, was James, it was actually – No, it was third and long. It was Matt, Matty Capps. Being out three to six months. First of all, he's going to be out three to four months, not six months. I don't know where six months came out of anything. It's three to four months, and the Yankees are saying maybe even two and a half months. So the Yankees are going to lose James Paxson. That's why they kept J.A. Happ. Oh, you know what it was? No, he didn't say six months. I said it might, if the Yankees get other young guys to pitch well, they could rest him more. They're not. Uh, everything that I've read by Brian Cashman says that he could be back sometime in... I think he said May, at the end of May, early really? June. Yes. Wow. Okay. Early June. And I believe that because the same thing with D.D. Gregorius. Everybody thought D.D. was going to be out for a significant amount of time. D.D. came back a lot faster than anybody thought he was going to be coming back. So Now, my question is why rush it if you have other pitchers doing well, though? Well, because the Yankees want to get James Paxson in the mix, and James Paxson's going to be a big part of their playoff run. Right. So they need to get him up and ready and, and, and in pitching and pitching health before the playoffs start. And you, you know the Yankees are making the playoffs. The Yankees are the favorites to come out of the American League, and, and the Dodgers are the favorites to come out of the National League. So we're going to go to a quick break. When yeah, we, we come gotta, back, I know we call, have a caller. Calling. We're, we're going to break. We're right going now. to a quick break. When we come back, we're going to get into the Pete Rose saga with the Astros when we come back here on Below the Mic. It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. I just see. I oh, oh. I know the track. I know what it is. Ah, Speedy, you got to tell me what songs you're gonna play, so maybe I can make my own words to it. You know, mm-hmm. it would actually help the show. I could actually make people laugh if I had my own words to it. All right. Yeah. <laughs> 845-478-3272 is the number. We're here at the Worldwide Sports Radio Network Studios here at Cafe Rays, Hopog, New York. This is Below the Mic, and we are live every single Thursday from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. at night. Up next, the home stretch with Tyler in the gang. Yes. Well, Speedy, Pete Rose is coming out of the bushes again, huh? Yeah. I mean, he's tried to fight for this for a while. Now he has more of a case. Well, Well, he's got a huge case right now. Mm -hmm. A huge case. And I don't want to hear it from Bud Selig. 
and I want to hear it from Rob Manford. This is a guy that is arguably the greatest hitter of all time. He has the most hits than any player in baseball history. The closest guy to get to him, closest guy to get close to him is Derek Jeter. And that's not even close. I think he's got like seven or eight hundred more hits than no, Derek it, Jeter. Isn't it Ichiro? No, I think it's Derek Jeter. I'm pretty sure it's Derek Jeter. was close if you combine the Japanese. No, we're not, compi- we're not combining the Well, no, I know Japanese. that, but, I, but he still had over 3,000 major league hits. So, so. And, and so does Derek Jeter. Derek Jeter, I think, had 3,300 hits or something like that, or 3,262 hits or something like that. I, I think Derek Jeter's second all-time in hits, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Ichiro at 3,089. So yeah, you're probably right. Jeter has more major league hits. Yes, and I, the only person that's even come close to beat Rose is Derek Jeter. Now, yeah, 3465. When you think of Pete Rose, and I, I know a lot of people, a lot of fans love Pete Rose. Pete Rose has been trying to make a buck, a buck for years, signing autographs and going out there and putting his face into every single card or card organization to sign autographs, sign rookie cards, sign baseballs. This is a guy that's been trying to make money on baseball for years, and he's still betting on baseball. He's he's come out and said he still bets on baseball. Now, the story came out, what was it, six, seven months ago that the Astros were caught cheating in the World Series. I think it was like three months ago. Whatever. Because I think the World Series was six months ago. It doesn't matter, Speedy. A couple of months ago. Does, it, does, does that help you, Speedy? Does that make you happy? Does that make you happy? A couple to... of months ago, okay? It came out. Rob Manford came out. The league came out and said they are suspending Hinge and the GM of the Astros. Then there was more coming out from baseball. That it wasn't just cameras that the players were using. That there were some kind of device under their jersey where the players knew what was coming at them by them pressing, by the coaches or the managers on the bench pressing a button to let them know what was coming. Now this, when you look at baseball, and they suspended Hinge and the GM for a year. For a year. And this organization has been cheating probably since Hinge came, came in and the GM. That's what, three, four years Hinge has been there? Yeah. And this team has been one of the best baseball teams in baseball for the last three or four years since Hinge and the GM has taken over. When you look at Pete Rose, Pete Rose has been completely mistreated by the major leagues because he bet on baseball when he was the manager of the Cincinnati Reds. He bet on his team beating the team that he was playing. Now, here's my question for baseball. Rob Manford. This is a guy that has been practically overlooked by baseball 
for years to go to the Hall of Fame. The same guy that has his bat, his jersey, and practically everything, balls, all at the Hall of Fame, but his plaque. The Cincinnati Reds, they had the All-Star game. What was it, a couple of years ago in Cincinnati? Yeah, uh, the one Todd Frazier won the home run derby. That was 2015. Pete Rose was invited to be introduced with the Cincinnati Reds green, whatever they call themselves, the Red Monsters. Yeah, Big Red Machine. Big Red Machine, whatever. The same organization that would not put Pete Rose in their museum. This is the best player. The best player the Cincinnati Reds has ever had on their team. The best player. You think he's better than Johnny Bench? Absolutely. Right. This is the greatest base. This is one of the greatest baseball players to ever live. No, I know. But one of the top ten greatest baseball, and he's fair. better than Johnny Bench. Okay, that's fair because most people think Johnny Bench is the greatest catcher They're, ever. So that's fine. All right. Pete Rose is one of the greatest players to ever play. All right. Why don't we put on a first call? I, I'm sure this is Jeff, and I'm going to hear his bull crap. What's up? What's up, Jeff? What do you want to talk about? How are you, Errol? I'm good, man. Listen, I just wanted to you know, uh, uh, disagree with you slightly. I know that's somewhat shocking, but you were talking about the injury to Paxton, and you're so sure that, that he'll be back in two to three months or yes, whatever. three months. All right, I want to just mention something, and I know that you're going to be like, I know you're going to bring this up, blah, 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 and, you know, you're a Yankee hater. I'm not hating on the Yankees. I don't care what you do. Go ahead. What is it? But I, but I, think, it, but I think it's true. How can you be so confident? that he's going to come back in two to three months after all the promises that Yankee medical staff and, and, and Brian Cashman made about uh, Severino. They promised you Severino was coming back and everything was going to be fine, and it clearly wasn't. Like, How do you still have faith that that organization isn't lying to you like they clearly did with Severino? Well, if you know what happened to James Paxton and what surgery he had, he had a, an abscess removed out of his back. Okay, so it's not like he had a disc replacement. It's not like he had a herniated disc that he needed to be fixed. It's not like he had a broken back. He had an abscess on his spine that was removed, like between his shoulder and his spine. So knowing that, this is not a major surgery. Now, the Yankees are going to be cautious on this because obviously this is a big-time pitcher that they have. And they, I believe the Yankees want to re-sign him after this year. So I think they want to protect him as long as they can. And that's why they kept J.A. Happ. I believe the reason why they kept J.A. Happ, because I'll, there was a lot of stories coming out that Minnesota was interested in J.A. Happ. Uh, the Angels were interested in J.A. Happ. There were a couple of National League teams, St. Louis Cardinals, interested in J.A. Happ. And the Yankees decide not to move J.A. Happ because of this whole James Paxton thing. But you can see where my skepticism would come in yes. because of the Severino thing, yes. right? Yes, Like, I'm not being crazy or just picking on the Yankees for no reason, right? Jeff, I, I, sometimes I know you like to get on my nerves. But I know that when you call up the show, there are – we have some similarities on the way we talk and the way we go back no, and you, forth. You will, you will very often accuse me of being like, oh, you – only saying that because yes. you're a Red Sox fan Yes, and there are sometimes, right? and, and I gave the Red Sox a lot of credit because I think the Red Sox won that trade. I do. Well, uh, I don't, I don't, I, 
maybe maybe down the road it yes. will end up that way, but they don't win immediately. You know, they, there's no way the Red Sox are a better team. They're not a better team. No, they're not. You're absolutely right. They're not a better team. Right, that's what I'm saying. But I think it does help as far as, you know, and, and people are going to be cynical because of this, but I think it does help, like, if you want it. You know, Rafael Devers eventually going to have to pay. He's much, much younger than Mookie. That's mm-hmm. he's 22 years old. Mm-hmm. Like, you're, you, you just have to make hard decisions, unfortunately, sometimes. And I think that this is I think I think when you look at the GM with the Boston Red Sox, he's a young guy. This is a guy that comes from a promising organization like the Tampa Bay Rays. They like to build through their farm system. The Red Sox just landed the best prospect in baseball, arguably the best outfielder in baseball right now in, in the farm systems. And then you traded away. You got rid of a contract like David Price, who if you look at David Price's numbers last year, four po- paying half of it, though. Yeah, but you, you're getting rid of – you're shedding a lot of it. You're shedding a lot of that contract, and that's a huge oh, contract. That's $150 million you're shedding. What are you, what are you paying? Three more years. $60, $60 million of it? I mean, if you look at it, this is a guy that had a 4.28 ERA, 7-5 seven, seven last year, only had 128 strikeouts, and he had a whip of 1.31. That's not good numbers. You're paying a guy $30 million and you're, you're th- with these numbers? I mean, if you look at the Red Sox, to me – the Red Sox got a prospect in on a relief pitcher that could be a starter, could be turned into a starter. And they got the best prospect in baseball. For Mookie Betts, who they're not going to resign, they're not resigning him. They weren't going to pay him $250, $300 $300 And you know the GM. He doesn't do that. Well, they offered $300 million, but Mookie wanted yeah, but, $120 Yeah, and, and they offered that last year. Didn't they offer that last year? They didn't offer that this year. No, they yeah. just offered it. No, they well, they offered it. They re-offered it, but I think they did initially have him try to take a three hundred million dollar offer, but during the season. What's interesting about this trade? Does Mookie Betts stay with the Dodgers? Now, are the Dodgers trying to win a World Series now? And then they, you know what they what they could do in the off season is they can do a sign and trade, or they could just trade him away in the off season and get some prospects back for him. I don't know what the Dodgers are thinking because I don't know how the Dodgers are going to take David Price's contract with all the other contracts they have right now on their salary cap and then add a 300 and some million dollar contract with Mookie Betts. It doesn't make sense unless they shed away or trade away other players. I can't see it. Yeah, it's going to be hard, and it's going to be hard to entice bets on having to do another one-year deal, a short deal, or a sign-and-trade. And even if you do do a sign-and-trade, you at that point, you know as a receiving organization, you know that the team is desperate to trade him at that point. You're going to get less back. And I look at the Red Sox right now as a whole. I like the moves that they're making. They're trying to rebuild. They're trying to build through their farm system. And you're going to see a lot more of these trades go on. I, I, I don't think you have seen the last of moves with the Red Sox. Even though they signed Chris Sale, I, I could see the Red Sox at the trade deadline moving Chris Sale. I could see it. Because that's what the Red Sox are trying to do right now. They're trying to rebuild. They're trying to be the Yankees of now. You know, trying to build through a young organization. The Astros. The, the Cardinals are trying to oh, do right we, now. We know they're trying to be the Astros. <laughs> uh, well, the Yankees aren't trying to be the Astros. No, but you know the what Red I mean. Sox. Yeah, but you, you know what I mean. The Yankees are trying to, I mean, the Red Sox are trying to build around youth. Well, what a lot of teams are trying to do right now. And, and you're seeing it right now. The Chicago White Sox. These teams, the Angels, they're a young team. The White Sox are where half their farm system went. So, 
you look at the Red Sox, I think the Red Sox are doing the right thing. They're shedding salary, and they're rebuilding. And they added arguably the best top prospect in baseball. So to me, I don't know what this kid's going to be like, but some people are saying he's Mike Trout-esque. He's a five-tool player that could do everything. He could steal bases. He could throw. He could play multiple positions in the outfield. And he's, he, can, he can hit. He hits for power. He hits for average. I mean, this guy is the best player in the, you know, as far as the farm systems are concerned in baseball. So we'll have to see how he develops and how the Red Sox develop him, especially with a new manager and, and now Alex Cora is not there. And I think the whole Alex Cora thing really pissed off Mookie Betts too because I was reading stories um, out there in Boston that Mookie Betts was really pissed off that they fired him. Uh, he mentioned nothing of that to Jim Rice. He gave an interview with Jim Rice and said he's really sad that, that this had happened because he really wanted to stay in Boston. Mm-hmm. So I, it's, un, it's unfortunate that Mookie Betts is gone, but who's to say Mookie Betts doesn't go back to the Red Sox next year? Ooh, who's uh, to say that? Yeah, that, no, I'm, I don't think that'll happen just because, uh, I'm, uh, I mean, I realize that's a speculation, but that's, that's very much not the Red Sox history. They're not very good. Well, if he wants to, like if he wanted often. to go there, he might take a not big pay cut, but a small pay cut to go there. If that I, I'm, I'm telling you if right. I give him the offer. I think that he needs. I think that he needs to really see what his free agent market really is, though. I think that what he's doing is being unrealistic. I don't. I don't think there's a team on this planet that's going to give him forty-two million dollars a year. <laughs> I agree with you. But I also think that he's going to make about 36, 35, just like Mike Trout. He's going to make that kind of money. Mike Trout's making 38. I'm sorry. Right. So if he makes about 36, 37, he's going to make Mike Trout money because this, this guy is one of the top five players in baseball. Just like uh, all the yeah, Yankee that's, fans. That's probably another mistake. What's another mistake? Hey, who, who, listen, Mike Trout is terrific, but who, they, who can you put around a dude when you're paying one guy 40, 40, I agree with you. $40 million a year? And that's why I think Aaron Judge is not going to take a $250 million contract from the Yankees. I think Aaron Judge will take a $200 million contract for the Yankees because he wants to stay in New York and that the Yankees will build a good team around him. That's why I don't think Aaron Judge is going to take a contract. Plus, he wants to, Sanchez to get signed and Torres to get signed. He wants to keep a young nucleus so the Yankees have, have an opportunity to win multiple championships. So I, don't, I think Aaron Judge is not going to be a greedy player like Mookie Betts, like a Mike Trout. I think he's going to take less to stay with the Yankees, unlike uh, Robinson Cano or, or uh, other players in the past deciding to leave their organizations because they wanted more money. So it's not always about money. It's about championships. I, I don't know if I see Judge taking less because, truthfully, he's a guy that isn't going to be able to get another contract. You're absolutely right. He's going to be too He's going to be too old. So, like, he really only – he's a guy that only has one bite at the apple that needs to make his lifetime of money. But, so but just think I'm, about I'm this. Sure I see him think off. about this. Derek Cheater made over $250 million in endorsements when he was a Yankee. And if Aaron Judge wins and he's the captain, and, and more than likely that's who's probably going to be named the captain eventually for the New York Yankees, he's going to get all the – he's already getting a load of endorsements. He's going to make all that money back. If he gets a $200 million contract from the Yankees, let's say 225, he gets $225 million and he gets all these endorsements from all different car companies and 
All you know, you know what I mean. Uh, so, uh, food companies, soap companies, whatever. Yeah, he's already on uh, Pepsi commercials and I think pizza commercials. Already, he's gonna so. he, he's gonna make his millions off of that. So he's gonna make four hundred, five hundred million dollars by the time he's done with his career. So I don't think Aaron Judge is gonna look at that. He's in the biggest city in the world, and if he wins championships and he's the captain of the team, he's gonna res- be respected like that, just like Derek Jeter was. So I, I'm sorry. I I think. When you look at somebody like an Aaron Judge and being in the biggest city in the world, I think Aaron Judge sees the big picture, and it's all about championships to this kid. And I think he's gonna, I think he's gonna take less than Mookie Betts and uh, the Mike Trout's of the world or the Nolan Arenado guys, because I think when you look at Aaron Judge in the whole be all, he's gonna make that money back with endorsements. So I think you might be right. Aaron Judge might take more. He might say, you know what, this might be my only contract. I want $300 million. I can't see that in Aaron Judge. I don't see him as a greedy player. I don't. Well, I don't think he'll get $300 million just because he'll be too old to out, like, have that contract with his age. Plus, you got to see what the age is. The average annual value will be there. Yeah, he'll get 30. I think he'll get 30, $31 million. I think he'll, he'll take six or $7 million less. So the Yankees can divide it out to other players that can make the Yankees better. And I, I think when I look at Garrett Cole, I think that was a big mistake by the Yankees. Not because I think the Yankees could win championships. If the Yankees don't win two titles with Garrett Cole with a nine-year deal, then it was a failure. It was a failure of a deal. Because I don't care what any Yankee fan says. No pitcher who pitches every fifth day deserves $325 million. I'm sorry, I'm not paying a pitcher $325 million to pitch one every five, five or six days. It doesn't make sense. The Yankees were wrong about that. And I'll say that over and over again. I don't care how good Garrett Cole is this year or how good Garrett Cole is for the next three years. At the end of that contract, there's no way he's opting out of that contract. He's, there's no way he's opting out of that contract in four or five years. Because there's nobody that's going to pay a kid $38 million to pitch every Every fifth day. I, I don't see it. And I think baseball is changing now because of these opens and these relief pitchers. I think when the new CBA comes out, I think you're going to see a lot of managers and a lot of owners say, you know what? I'd rather pay a relief pitcher, I don't know, 15, 15 or $12 million that's, that's, and stock up with right. relief pitchers instead of starters because you can win with relief pitchers just as much as you can win with starters. So I, I, to me, I think baseball is going to change. I really do. Just as much as the strike zone, if you're going to have robots oh, calling strike zone, calling the strike zone, oh, you're going to see a lot of these pitchers that don't pitch in the strike zone. Real, it'll really affect their game. The Madison Bumgarners, it's going to affect his game. The Keikels, it's going to affect his game. These guys that don't pitch strikes, ninety. Per, I think Keikels' uh, pitching strike ratio is I think sixty-eight balls to the other percent strikes. I mean, oh, yeah, because he's a movement-based pitcher. You know, again, so it's still going to get swinging strikeouts, though. That's not what I'm saying. I'm, it's going to affect it. It's going to affect him because players oh, are going to... calls you're talking about? Like, yes, because players, okay. pl- players are going to test the strike zone. Okay. They're going to test what, where the strike zone is going to fall, and I think it's going to affect pitching, and it's going to affect it, pitching. I think it definitely will initially. We'll have to see if the technology evolves later on because I think it will be an issue, too, just detecting movement. So what do you think, Jeff, with the whole Pete Rowe thing? The, the whole Pete Rose thing, I mean, Pete Rose came out and has taken shots at the major leagues that he should be reinstated to the major leagues, especially what happened with the Astros for cheating with Hinge and the GM and that whole organization and that they're only suspended for one year and he's been suspended for a lifetime. 
What do you think about that? Uh, I, you know, I'm probably going to be in the minority on this one, but I would say that I'm I'm with Pete Rose that he should be in the Hall of Fame. Okay, I'm absolutely. With Pete Rose on that, he was one of the best players. But you know what? He, Pete Rose is a scumbag. He had a chance to come clean like a dozen times, and he kept telling everyone else that they were crazy, they were stupid. And when it finally, the evidence finally got too much, then he then that's when he sat down and said, "You want to know what? Yeah, I bet on baseball." You know, when they they had so much evidence against him, he was like, "Yeah, I did." I think that there should be a penalty for being, you know, for telling everyone else they're crazy, dude. You get caught, come out and say, "This is why people." hate Alex Rodriguez for his insincere apology, and they respect Andy Pettit, right? Andy Pettit came out and was like, yup, did that shit. You know, and people were like, okay, gotcha. I'm tired of people lying right to your face when you know something is true, and I think that there should be a penalty for that. I say let Pete Rose in the Hall of Fame, but only when he's dead. Well, let me ask you a question. The Astros, if the Astros didn't get caught, do you think they would say something? They wouldn't have? Now, the fact that Pete Rose was betting on baseball, betting on his own team to win a game, you, you're going to suspend this guy for a lifetime to never be reinstated in baseball? I think that's a, well, that's a, know, that's a joke. That's a joke. There's, a, there's another dude that I can point to, right, with these lifetime suspensions. And, yes, I get it. He's a Yankee. But, no, Errol, I'm not picking on the Yankees. Go ahead. But how many, li- but how many lifetime suspensions did Art Howe have or uh, Al Howe or whatever that dude's name was? But he had seven or eight lifetime. I know who you're talking about, the pitcher. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, he had like seven or eight lifetime suspensions. Well, because he was drinking, domestic violence. I mean, you were reading stories. The guy was driving into trees. I mean, how many times did he, be, how many times did he uh, that the Yankees suspended him for driving his car into a tree because he was drinking too much? <laughs> right, but, but that has nothing to do with baseball suspension. I understand, but... Go ahead. I thought his suspensions were cheating and, and, and otherwise. So I can see where, where Pete Rose Pine has tar. a point. And, mm-hmm. and, but, but listen, I am very much not going to be sympathetic to Pete Rose. How many times did Pete Rose tell us that we were crazy for saying that he cheated or, or, or bet on baseball? Quite a few times. Don't you think that there should be a penalty for that? Listen, everybody makes mistakes, and Pete Rose was trying to hide his mistake because he didn't want to – he didn't want to throw himself under the bus when he told the league that he didn't bet on baseball. So usually, you know this, Jeff, when you lie, when you lie, you try to stick to the lie because you don't want to be caught in a lie. And when he finally came out and he said, okay, I bet on baseball, baseball would have, I would have said, you know what, let's let him sit out for 10 years, let's talk to him, let's sit down and talk to him and see uh, if we can reinstate him. They sat down with him, he told them the truth, he's still betting on baseball, so what? He's not playing anymore. He could bet on baseball. I'm sure there are other baseball players right now that are retired, like Dave Winfield, that is betting on baseball. Why not? He's more than a- here's, the, here's the problem with here's the problem with betting, though, right, Errol? And listen, I, I have no problem with the the people that that cheat, like using steroids or whatever. Because here's the problem with the betting is you risk endangering the entire product like Tim Donaghy did with the with the NBA. How many people can sit here and confidently say, yeah, NBA games were refereed fairly? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think when you bet on the game and, and you can change something like that, I, I think some things kind of are a little too far. You know, like, 
you know, I, listen. I understand I what you're saying. Anyone else. I understand you what know, you're saying. Like, I, there, there just comes like an integrity of the game kind of thing, and it, and the betting could literally endanger the sport. Well, you ever you you've heard the saying, everybody makes mistakes, and sometimes you have to learn from them. Well. I think Pete Rose being away from baseball as long as he has, and the way baseball has really mistreated him. They have his bats, they have his balls, they have his jerseys, all hung up at the Hall of Fame, but they don't have his plaque. They never hung up his plaque. They never even... This guy's the best hitter to ever play the game. This is this guy has more hits than any player in history. Ted Williams, Joe DiMaggio. Second best, but, well, I'd go second best because I'm a Ted Williams guy. But well, he had more hits than I Ted Williams. He had right. more hits well, than Ted Pete Williams. Rose, did Pete Rose have to go serve six years in a war? I understand that. But I'm that's just saying. A, that's, that's why I'm a Ted Williams guy, because I think that life circumstances hindered Ted Williams from having most of those records. Well, well, a lot of the players at that time, too. Guys like Stan Musial. Joe, Joe DiMaggio. Right. I mean, there were a lot of players. Right. Yeah, I mean, right. That's, but, you know, I'm still going to be a Ted Williams. But, yeah, there's no doubt Pete Rose is great. But I, I'm, a, I'm a Ted Williams. I, I, to me, I think the major leagues, Rob Manford, the, the, it's a disgrace when you look at what the Astros are. And if, if you're going to do that to Pete Rose, I would, I would ban the GM from the Astros for life. This guy cheated. He cheated. He cheated the Dodgers. He cheated the Yankees. He cheated other teams. Who knows? Maybe the Astros, maybe the Astros don't make the playoffs. Let's see how good Altuve, uh, let's see what Altuve's batting average is this year. Let's see what it is. I bet you it's not going to be right, over sure 300. It was already down from last year, too. Okay. I'm sure that you're going to bash me for having this take, right? But there, there is an interview out there. There is actual evidence out there. Do you know where the Astros cheating scandal started? Where? Chris Young says it started with the Yankees. What do you mean it started with the Yankees? Against the Yankees? Chris Young. No, 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 no. When Chris Young was playing for the Yankees, he said he was the one that started the Apple Watch program. And that these other, and this is not me, this is Chris Young, he mm. gave an interview, and said that this is just an extension of the things that he was doing with the Yankees. The fact is, the team that got caught was the Astros. And, and the Yankees, and the Yankees, and, and, and the way... But the teams that got caught first were the Red Sox. And the Yankees. Mm-hmm. Right, but also Chris Young, when he was on the Yankees, that wasn't a postseason game either. I think it's more, obviously... It was against the Red, Red Sox. Sox. Right. If you remember correctly, and you like, because this is what happened. The Yankees complained that Pedroia was wearing an Apple Watch at second base and getting the sign. Mm-hmm. And so they did the investigation. What happened? What was the, what, what was the outcome of that investigation? Yes, the Red Sox were cheating using Apple Watches, and why did they not get punished? information against the Yankees of them using technology and cheating. So Rob Manfred said, everything's fair, don't do it again. And this cost cost a lot of teams an opportunity to win a World Series that year. It cost, and and, and, and to be honest with you, the Yankees were up 3-1. They were up 3-1 going into Houston. 3-2. I mean, 3-2 going into Houston. That means they had to lose two games in a row. The chances of that happening, the way the Yankees were playing, were slim to none. And the Yankees lost right, back-to-back right. games. Right, but all evidence would point to from player interviews. That's fine. Fine. It happened with the Yankees. It started with the Yankees and the Red Sox. 
Who cares? The fact is, the Astros were the ones that were caught, and they're the ones that won a World Series, not the Yankees and not the Red Sox. Yeah, the Red Sox won the year before. Yeah, but they, that had nothing to do. That had nothing to do. That had nothing to do with the Astros winning. Alex Cora was the assistant manager on the bench when the Astros won. Alex Cora had everything, everything to do, everything to do with that cheating scandal. And I don't think, I don't think the Red Sox did that. Maybe they did. Well, we don't, we don't, we don't know yet. The the major league report is. I think they said it was coming out. Next week, maybe? Yes, next, next week. week next week, uh, next so Wednesday. We so we don't know yet, but my suspicion would be, and I'm a Red Sox fan, my suspicion would be, they cheated their ass off. Well, if that's the case, well, that's why the Red Sox won the World Series. And mm-hmm. now, we can, now we can talk about the Red Sox cheating the Yankees that year because the Yankees were a hot team not going if, into the playoffs. Not if the Yankees were, dude, the Yankees were implicated in the same style of cheating scandals even beforehand. And, and you well, well let me ask you a question. Her. Let me ask you a question. Then why did the Yankees not win? That's a, that's a great question. Mm-hmm. But cheating may have played into it, but you want to, you also can't sit there and say the Yankees didn't cheat either. How do you know they weren't doing it? The Alex Cora interview. That the Yankees did, have the most resources. Oh Jeff, the Yankees have the most resources than any team in baseball. So if the Yankees were actually if the Yankees were actually cheating, they would have won the World Series. That's what that's the way I look at it. You keep going in and out, Jeff. You keep going in and out. Yes, and I don't think Carlos, Be- Carlos Beltran should have lost his job. I really don't. I think Carlos Beltran was a player. He had nothing to do with the management. He was a if, player only there for a year, if, too. If, if the other players are not suspended, why the hell is Carlos Beltran losing a job because he was a player on that team? I think he's covering up for somebody else. Because I mean, there's somebody but, who really did it. But the, the accusation that Cora was slinging was, I, I worked with Carlos Beltran. An accusation. So, uh, you know, it is what it is. Take it for what you want. But the very clear implication and accusation was hey, Carlos and I worked together last year. I know what the program is and, and what we were doing, and I can't believe that he wouldn't be doing it with the Yankees. Hmm. Correct? Yeah, but here's the thing if that was the case, the Yankees would have won. So I disagree, and I don't you believe can't anything. Say that if they're all che- uh. Nah, get out of here. The Yankees were just as the Yankees are just as talented than as, as the Red Sox that year as the Astros. They were just as talented. They really were. The Yankees were just as talented of all those teams. The, the American League, the American, the, the, the when you look at the when you look at the American League, the talent there are very similar. All the top, it's very top heavy, and all the talent there is practically identical. The Astros are identical to the Yankees. The Yankees are identical to the Red Sox. I mean, the talent is right there. And the Yankees, well, no, the Yankees are the best team in the American League. They're by far the best team in the American League. So so they're, they're easily the best and the most talented team in the American League. And the Dodgers are easily the most talented in the National League. That doesn't mean they're going to win. 
That doesn't mean it's going to win. And I'll tell you this right now. I'm even going to predict that the Yankees aren't going to win this year. Because I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a realist. I'm a realist Yankee fan. I have to see how the Yankees progress uh, through the season. I want to see how this pitching staff stays healthy. If the pitching staff stays healthy and the, and the relief pitchers do not get tired, and that's why they added Garrett Cole, because he can pitch longer innings so it doesn't tire out the pitchers. I want to see what the Yankees are going to do as the season progresses. But to me right now, I don't think the Yankees are winning the World Series. I want to. I want to ask one non-Red Sox Yankee. Go ahead, and then we gotta we gotta go to break. To, to Speedy, right? Um, I'm really curious to see what, how Speedy feels. He doesn't understand what spanking I'll, the monkey is. Oh God, really? You're going well, back I to don't that? Even wanna, uh, that? That's not even something I want to talk about. Today. Okay. How's well, that? I'm just saying um, he doesn't know what spanking the monkey is. I want. I I want to know how it feels to root for a team that the Bee roots for. And knowing that nothing is ever good going to come from that. Why do you continue to be a Mets fan? I wish I knew that. Jeff, I didn't know the Beeve until a year and a half ago. So those were two of our mutual teams are coincidence. Total joke. And and I'm a Jet fan. And and I'm a Jet fan. I am a diehard Jet fan. And I know what it's like to be rooting for a team that just can't get over the hump. But to me, this is even a bigger mockery than anything we've seen with the New York Jets. This is crazy. The fact that this guy was going to take over and, and control 80% of the New York Mets a couple of months ago, he was taking – all the Mets fans were happy. They can't wait. Five years, and they don't, they don't have to deal with the Wilpons anymore. And all of a sudden, this comes out two, 24, 48 hours that Cohen is actually stepping back, and he's not going to take – he, he's not going to give, and he's not going to take 80% of the New York Mets. He doesn't want anything to do with the Wilpons. Well, if I were you, Speedy, I would be so upset at the Bees because this is a, the typical thing that happens to, to, to Bees teams, right? If it doesn't matter, they will find a way to screw it up. It is a joke. I mean, right so now— I guess we blame the Bees for Steve Cohen dropping out. 100%. Who well, would you blame? And I want to know your honest opinion. We're going to talk about it when we come back. What do you think about the Knicks hire for president? Um, it's hard to say that, that things like that don't work out because I think Rob Polinka is doing a good job. And um, gosh, who was the other guy that was an agent? That Golden State. Hired? Golden State. Oh, Bob Myers. Yeah, right. Right. So it's hard to say that it won't work out, but... The weird, the very weird thing about those kinds of hires are, so this dude's coming from CAA. If you look at the other rosters that Steve Polinka and the dude with the, the Warriors have, they're not filled with guys that are from that agency. Right? So this, this move doesn't guarantee that you're going to get a bunch of high-priced CAA guys because it hasn't worked for Polinka or the other dude. Right. So, I mean, I, I don't think that the problem – you know, just me again. Like, I don't think it matters who you hire. Would you, did you think Phil Jackson was a bad hire? Because I didn't think it was a bad hire. Did you think? Did you think? Um, what's the other guy? Brown. Larry Brown was a bad hire because I wouldn't say Larry Brown was a bad hire. Here's the I thing. Steve Mills was a bad hire. I think the cancer comes from above. I don't think it matters who the general manager is as long as James Dolan owns that. I think James Dolan has pretty much – I think this was a good move by the Knicks. I really do. And I think it, it's a copycat league, and we're going to get into it when we come back. Jeff, thank you for calling. Beans suck if you're listening. Everything you like sucks. The Mets are a disaster because of you. <laughs> Hashtag ban the beef.
Well, that's Jeff. There you go. That's Jeff. When we come back, we'll get into the new Knicks president. We'll get into that when we come back. We'll get into the trade deadline. I mean, obviously, it was today at 4 o'clock. It ended at 4 o'clock. A couple of blockbuster trades, and the Knicks made a trade, and they got a first-round draft pick. That's good news for the New York Knicks. Now they have three first-round draft picks in this year's draft. And then the should... player with it, too. What happened? They got another nice young player. In yeah, too. we'll see. He's we'll a, see. he's a good. He's not, he is what he is. He's a good player though in some areas. He was a, he was a lottery pick uh, for the Clippers. So we'll see how he he does with the New York Knicks. And the Knicks got a prize, and that's a first round draft pick. Right. So they can use those draft picks if they fall out of the top five to move oh, up yeah. and get the guy that they want. So when Absolutely. we come back, we will get into that. Eight four five four seven eight thirty two seventy two. This is Below the Mic, and we'll be back after this. You're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You ready, Speedy? Yeah, I'm waiting for the park. a big head and that is our anthem for below the mic 845-478-3272 is the dumper oh my god speedy i love it i absolutely love it Below the mic tradition since what is it, November fourteenth or whatever it's, it was. It's been a while. Yeah, it's been a while. Whatever day, whatever day I rode in your car for like six hours and then we came here. Whatever day that was. Well, ladies and gentlemen, the New York Knicks are going to be hitting the newspapers, and it's not going to be because of trade rumors or trades. The New York Knicks are about to hire Leon Rose and Mr. Wesley to be the new presidents of the organization. Now, who is Leon Rose and Wes Wesley? And that's a good question. But everybody knows, and everybody knows the story that's coming out right now. The Knicks, Nick fans wanted the, uh, the, the Toronto Raptors. Um, that's not you, Jerry. Yeah, the GM of the, the Toronto Raptors. And they decided to go with an agent. Now, we have seen this happen before. And it's happened to two teams that are very successful right now in the NBA. The LA Lakers bringing in another agent. What was it, about a year and a half ago? Took over the Lakers. They made the move for Anthony Davis. They brought in LeBron James. And now this team is one of the best teams in the NBA. The Golden State Warriors... They bring in another agent. What was that? About seven years ago. And they've won 
three championships. They brought in Kevin Durant. They re-signed Steph Curry and Klay Thompson and the butt munch. And everybody knows who I'm talking about. I understand this is a copycat league. And teams like to copycat each other. That's in any sport. Everybody likes it. In baseball, they copycat. The shifting came from Joe Madden, and now every team in baseball does it. Now they use the analytics. Not even just shifting. There's this whole roster construction, just using everybody, versatility, depth, everything like that. Moneyball. Right. It used to be just a traditional lineup for the most part, and that's gone away because of Joe Madden. They made a movie on Moneyball, which now everybody uses. uh, Not everybody, but a lot of teams in baseball, Tampa, Oakland, teams that don't have the money, Kansas City over the years, they use the Moneyball tradition to help them win championships or get you to a World Series. The NBA... The same thing. You need two or three superstars to win a championship. How did that change? Well, LeBron James and Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh, they banded together to win titles. Now every team is doing that. Now you have Kawhi Leonard with, uh, with Paul George. You have LeBron with Anthony Davis and those menaces. You have all these teams trying to band together, players band together to win titles. In football, I mean, look at football. Now, now with the, would you look at the rules and the transition of the game, and now uh, it, it's become a quarterback league and, and a running league. Now all these teams are looking for quarterbacks that can play in the pocket and run out of the pocket. It's con- basketball, I mean, football is transitioning to an offensive league from a defensive league. And now all these GMs and all these owners are looking for the next Lamar Jackson, the next Cam Newton, the next Sam Donald or Josh Allen, guys that can move and throw in the pocket. Russell Wilson. When you look at the Knicks right now, who have been a joke of an organization, probably the biggest joke of an organization in New York for the last 25 years. And you look at James Dolan, and everybody says, well, it's all because of James Dolan on why they can't win, which I think is a crock. It affects players, too, not just the GMs, like Jeff was saying. I do not believe it's just because of James Dolan on the reason why the Knicks have not won in the last 25 years. It's not James Dolan's fault completely. It's because of coaching. It's because of drafting. It's because of players. It's because of bringing in a guy like Phil Jackson who didn't want the job, and you're, pay- you're still paying him $12 million oh, a year. Geez. Bringing in Derek Fisher that never had a coaching experience at all as an NBA coach. Right. Phil Jackson tried to get way too cute with everything. You look at the NBA and you look at the New York Knicks and you, you kind of wonder. You wonder, where are the Knicks going? And bringing in Leon Rose, this could be a good move for the New York Knicks. They, he's the agent of Carl Anthony Towns. He, he's got a bunch of guys that has, he's gotten big contracts for over the last couple of years. Maybe bringing on Leon Rose, it will draw players to want to come and play with the Knicks. One could only hope they still need the basketball pieces around them, too. They have it right now with some young players, which is nice, but will, will that be the case when those guys are up is the big question. 
I think of the Knicks right now, and I, I wanted a, a big-name guy. I wanted a guy like the Toronto GM. Or I wanted a guy from the Oklahoma City Thunder. Sam Presti. Or I wanted a guy from the maybe a guy from the Spurs or a guy from the, the Golden State Warriors. Guys that were successful and have been successful winning championships. Bringing in a first time GM, uh, a president, I'm sorry, first time president that's never been a president of an organization before in his life. He's been a successful agent, one of the biggest and most successful agents in all of professional sports, because he is. Does this help the Knicks get a big free agent? I don't know. Because right. a lot of people thought Phil Jackson was going to do that, and he didn't. He bombed on everything. And then he overpaid for others. Joakim Noah. And Carmelo Anthony. When you, when you look at this move by the New York Knicks, you, a lot of people like it. As a matter of fact, a lot of people, everything that I've read, a lot of people are saying the Knicks finally got it right. James Dolan finally got it right. And then there are some people that are saying, oh, the same old Knicks making the same old mistakes. Now, I don't know how good Leon Rose is going to be as a, as a president for the New York Knicks organization. And hopefully James Dolan lets this guy take over the reins and let him control this team the way he seems fit to control this organization. Just like he did with uh, John Davidson when he took over for the Rangers um, over the summer. This is a high-profile guy. Leon Rose is a high-profile guy. And you, you look at the Knicks and you look at the big picture of the organization and they are a laughing stock. They really are. Look at the players that they have. Look at the players that they had. Now, I think this was a good move by Scott Perry over the trade deadline. They, they traded Marcus, uh, Marcus Morris away, who's averaging 19 points a game. He's averaging close to seven or eight rebounds a game. He's, he's averaging 43% at the three-point line, which is one of, one of the best in the league Most right season, now. They traded him to the Clippers. It's gonna, the Clippers right now are the favorites to come out of the West now, especially any Marcus Morris and Isaiah Thomas to that team. Well, of, they waved Isaiah Thomas. Well, they waved yeah. – okay, so I didn't know that. But they added Isaiah Thomas before I heard they waved him. And they got a first-round draft pick, which gives them three first-round draft picks this year, and two of them could be lottery picks. No, the Mavericks pick is next year. It's not this year. It's not this year? No, it's next year. I thought it was 2020. No. We looked this up on Monday when we were, we were talking about the Knicks on, your, on Down of the Wire. The Mavericks picks are 21-21 and 2023. Hmm. So they have two first-round draft picks. Yes. And whose fir- who's first-round draft pick is that from? The Wizards? Oh, that I don't know. That's what I want to find out. Yeah, is it from the Wizards a- or from the Clippers? If it's from right. the Wizards, it's a lottery pick. That's like, I never thought of that. It didn't mention it was one, so I'm assuming it's the Clippers pick. Well, you can assume anything you want. The Wizards were a part of the trade. And the Knicks really got nothing for it. They got a young player that barely plays, and he was like a a bench player for the Clippers. But the question is, when you look at this team, this organization, the way the Knicks are starting to – 
prepare for next year. Are they a team or an organization that you expect to be good in the next two or three years? Or are they going to be another laughing stock like we've seen year in and year out for the last 25 years? They haven't won a championship in 50 years. And this team is eager. This organization is eager to find a winning product. Now, you have a player like R.J. Barrett you could build around, obviously. You need a superstar player to play beside him and hopefully bring in another player to play beside that guy. Now, Carl Anthony Towns was available at the trade deadline today. They traded Andrew Wiggins, in, uh, Andrew Wiggins to the Golden State Warriors. Great move by Golden State, by the way. Yeah. Great move by them. Because they didn't need D'Angelo Russell. Because they have Steph Curry as your point guard. You needed a wing defender, which they've been lacking after trading, after getting rid of Iguodala, who, whose age, his age definitely was a reason why they moved him. You get a young player like Andrew Wiggins, who's a great player. They did give up a first-round draft pick. That first-round draft pick is this year's first-round draft pick, which is a lottery pick right now. Well, no, the Timberwolves pick is next year, but still, even if the team doesn't win, that could be a lottery pick next year, which mm-hmm. makes it really good for Golden State. Yes. Right now, the Golden State Warriors are in very good shape. Because if you look at it, Klay Thompson's coming back next year. You have Andrew Wiggins. You have Steph Curry. You still have the menace to society. And then you, you have possibly a lottery pick in this year's draft, which could give you the number one pick and could solidify your team for the next five years. Yeah, it is a Clippers first-round pick, so it probably will be late. When you, when you look at the New York Knicks, I know, the, I know that the Knicks are trying to be the Yankees, and the Yankees are an organization that wins – and they're, they're an organization that finds players in, in the rough that nobody ever wants. The Knicks aren't the New York Yankees. The Knicks aren't the New York Jets. The Knicks are worse than the New York Mets. That's hard to do. <laughs> right now, the New York Knicks are the worst New York organization in professional sports. This is an organization that can't win, they can't buy a win, they can't find a win. This is the same organization that gave Carmelo Anthony another $100 million contract. And then, when the Knicks are trying to trade him away, the fans were booing the Knicks organization because Carmelo Anthony was smothering the New York Knicks as far as bringing in free agents. And which eventually scared Chris Stapps Porzingis and wanted him to leave. This is an organization that had players, had players like KP, who is not playing up to par with the Dallas Mavericks, but he's averaging about 18, 19 points a game. He just broke his nose. He deserves it. (laughs) You're really sour. After what he has said about the New York Knicks organization... And what his brother wanted? Yes, I am. His brother was demanding to be a part of the Knicks organization, to help run the organization. 
His brother's not doing that with Dallas, is he? Because Mark Cuban would not allow that. <laughs> but he wanted to do it with James Dolan, one of the richest owners in all of professional sports. And now you know the intelligence level difference. <laughs> when you think of where the Knicks are right now and where the Knicks could be in the future, I don't know where the Knicks are going to be in the future. I don't know if Leon Rose is the guy. The thing that worries me the most with Rose is just because he's an agent, how much is he going to know about the other end of basketball stuff? He'll know the money side of it. That's why he's bringing in Wesley. Yeah, I mean, you would hope, again, that works. But again, it's not a GM. It's not a scout. It's not somebody involved in that area of the process and maybe the trends of the game, stuff like that. That's what worries me. And the Knicks, the way they've tried to try to get good for so long they've tried to be new york the mantra the the big market team but it just hasn't worked for them why not try to build like a middle market team and then try to be a big market team when those pieces get there i think is the mantra they should have tried and that's why i think somebody like ujiri could have been very good for them well the whole thing is when you look at scott perry i don't i do not believe scott perry will be here next year i do not because i can't see leon rose and Wes wesley deciding you know what we're going to keep scott because Scott has done nothing for the New York Knicks. He drafted R.J. Barrett because he fell to him. Right. He has done nothing. Right now, Knox has not been really what they thought he was going to be. And Robinson looks like he's going to be a good player. But we, don't, we still don't. The jury is still out with Robinson. And they have a bunch of young players right now where they're going to have to decide what they're going to do with. Dennis Smith Jr., Nilakina. They're going to have to decide what they're doing with these players. Very, very soon. Because Dennis Smith Jr. after next year is a free agent. Nail Keen is a free agent after next year as well. At some point, they have to rotate all those coaches like they've been doing. And where are they going at the coaching position? Not only the GM position, who are you, go, who are you going to bring in as your coach? You're not going to bring this guy. And even though Miller has looked yeah, good. Yeah, he's been pretty good. He's, he's been pretty good. He's been, what, tw- it's he's amazing what, he's been better than David Fisdale. 12 and 16 or whatever so far. It's not it's probably below 500, but it's still not bad for considering what the Knicks are. So it's not bad. I mean, it's we'll have to see long term. though. When you look at the New York Knicks right now, and, and I'm sorry, I'm not even going to go through all the trade, the trades that were done today. The big, the big trade was D'Angelo Russell, Going to the Timberwolves, they needed a point guard to play with Carl Anthony Towns because they really don't have a pure point guard on that team. They traded away Livingston. Uh, was it Livingston? Um, uh, Cummings, uh, Covington. 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 Yeah. They traded away Covington. And that 12-player trade, yeah. They didn't do well in that either. They got a lot of raw pieces back that aren't even developed. They traded Covington. So they added D'Angelo Russell with Carl Anthony Towns. I think they were from the same draft. One and two, right? Carl Anthony Town was one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And D'Angelo Russell was two. So they have the one and two of the 2015 15. draft. And they traded away Andrew Wiggins, who is their best wing defender by far. Something that the Golden State Warriors have been really lacking for years. And a guy that can give you about 18, 19 points a game and that could defend multiple positions. Especially with Thompson hurt now, he'd probably have to take a lot of the load on defense. If even if Thompson does come back, will it come back the same? So that'll help. So when you look at the Knicks and you try to compare the Knicks to some of these organizations, you you have to laugh because what do the Knicks have to look forward to next year? Leon Rose, 
We don't know who the GM's going to be. We don't know who the manager's going to be. The owner's going to be. I mean, I'm sorry, the owner. I'm sorry, the the coach. The coach is going to be. I'm flabbergasted because you would think that they were going to bring in a big name like old Jerry. And they decided to go with a guy that has no president experience in the NBA. Does it mean it's not going to work? No, it doesn't mean it's not going to work. Do I think it's going to work? Probably not. It's the Knicks we're talking about. But they need other things to happen. They just can't rely on their presence of being the Knicks. Because remember, you brought up the Lakers and the Warriors. They did it, but they were also in different states than what the Knicks are now. The Warriors were already building. We knew they weren't. They didn't win any titles yet, but we knew they were building something good. They drafted well, and they had a foundation. And again, they weren't a big market team, but they were a middle market team where they knew you could get it. It's not somebody really out of nowhere. And then the Lakers... They've had a free agent track record that's been very good for a while. And even when the team was bad, they still had youth that was promising. So you could tell they were playing well, even though the record wasn't good, that you could tell that there would be lore there. So do the Knicks have that? I don't know. Barrett's a nice piece. They have other young kind of second-tier pieces right now that could be good. But what is the lore right now? And if how much will it impact the future on when these guys become free agents, these superstars that he's an agent for? It's going to be very, very interesting. It really is. And that's why I look at the NBA, and I think the NBA is, is all over the place. I, I wonder, you know, when, when I think of some of these, the, there are some really good qualified guys that are available right now, and they're not getting jobs, and they're bringing in, some of these teams are bringing in guys that have no experience as a president or a GM. Of an organization. That's a lot of sports now, though, too. Really, besides hockey, everyone's a lot of team, a lot of leagues have done that now. Now, I really want to get into some MMA conversation. <laughs> and I know a lot of people know who Khabib is, and I was going to talk about this on Caged and uh, Caged and MMA, but Caged Den is probably not going to restart until probably the beginning of March. And Khabib was offered a hundred million dollars to either fight Conor McGregor. Or Floyd Mayweather in a boxing match. Now, nothing has come out from the Khabib camp yet, but $100 million is a lot of money. That's a lot of money. Now, I know Connor wants this to happen, and I think Khabib is not going to oblige Connor because Connor wants it. And Khabib can't stand Conor McGregor, and Conor McGregor's all about making money. Conor McGregor made a load of money off this past fight in 40 seconds. Or knocking out Cerrone, which I think was paid off. When you look at professional sports, and I say this over and over again because I'm an honest analyst. I analyze things honestly. I really do. Everybody thinks when I talk about the Knicks and I talk about the Jets and I talk about the Yankees, I'm a Yankee fan, I'm a Jet fan, and I'm a Knicks fan, so I'm going to stick up for my teams. Wrong again. Because if you listen to my show, I take shots at the Jets all the time. I take shots at the Knicks all the time. I take shots at the Islanders all the time. I take shots at the Knicks all the time. You just did. (laughs) My teams are not good. Besides the Yankees, my teams are not good. And the Islanders. The Islanders have been pretty good for the last two years. Because they're very well run with Barry Trotz and Lou Lamorello. And that's why, that's why when I look at this story with Khabib, 
Khabib's father is his manager. Don't you think that your son is about 28, 29 years old? He's an undefeated fighter. He's had, I think he's 23-0 or 22-0. He's never lost. He just came off the biggest fight of his career, choking out Conor McGregor about a year ago. He's coming up April with Ferguson, who I think is the best fighter in his division. 28-0. I'm sorry, 28-0. Ferguson, who I think is the best fighter in his division, even better than Khabib, either better than McGregor. If he could beat Ferguson, I think he's the best MMA fighter right now in the business. He's the best wrestler, the best ground fighter in the business. When you think of Khabib and you think of his father, why not take the $100 million? I don't care if he fights Floyd Mayweather and he gets knocked out in the first round. That's $100 million. How many years does this guy have left to fight? Connor's being smart. I got to give Connor a little bit of credit. Even though Connor has not fought in three years, he found, he found a way to tally up some way or another the UFC to make him millions off that Cerrone fight when I think it was an absolute mockery. Connor finds a way to make a dollar in anything he does endorsements, whiskey, whatever he does, commercials. This guy knows how to make money. Khabib has never made a payday even close to $100 million. He hasn't made a payday more than $2 million, I'm sure. And that was the Conor McGregor fight. I don't understand when somebody offers you that kind of money. I don't care who it is. I'll fight Goliath. I'll fight the biggest SOB in the world. I'll fight Shaquille O'Neal if you're going to pay me $100 million. What does it show me? It shows me that one, Khabib is afraid to fight Connor again. That could be one. Or he doesn't want to give Connor the benefit of the doubt, even though he knows he could beat Connor, to give him that kind of money. He doesn't want to oblige Conor McGregor to put more money in his pockets. I think of Khabib as a fighter. He's a great wrestler. And he outboxed Conor McGregor when he fought him. Do I think that's going to happen a second time? No, I don't. I think Khabib will beat him. If he takes him to the ground, and if it goes past second two rounds, he will completely destroy him. What bothers me about Khabib and and, and all the back the backlash of both fighters is these guys really hate each other. And if they really hate each other that much, why don't they get this second fight? Why are they prolonging this? Why is it? And I, I, I believe Ferguson deserves a title shot. I do. Ferguson has, was supposed to fight Khabib three times. And three times Khabib has backed out. Dehydration twice. And 
uh, he hurt himself. I hurt his elbow, I hurt his arm a couple of years ago when he was supposed to fight Ferguson. Now the fight is around the corner in April, April 14th. The fight that everybody can't wait for. And it's not John Jones. And John Jones is coming up this weekend against a, a reliable fighter, a very good fighter, a fighter that can beat him, a fighter that can knock him out. And when you talk about MMA, the only two fighters you really think about when you think of the UFC is McGregor and Jones. Those are the highlights of what the UFC is trying to sell. And you look at Khabib. Khabib is the champion in that division. In the 155 division, Khabib is the champion. When somebody offers you $100 million to fight Mayweather and fight McGregor, you can't stand McGregor. Why don't you just whip his ass and, and take $100 million? And Mayweather, you're not going to beat Mayweather, but for $100 million, I'd fight Mayweather. I'll fight Mayweather for $500,000. Somebody offers you that kind of money, you take it. I don't care what your father says. We're not all about that. We're not all about the money. Why are you fighting if you're not all about the money? Oh, my son wants to be the best. He is the best. He's 28-0. How many undefeated fighters right now that is dominating his, their division like Khabib is? There is none. There is no undefeated champion right now in any of the UFC and Bellator right now That is undefeated and a champion. And that's why when I look at when I look at Khabib and I really look at MMA as a whole, MMA is falling off. The UFC is falling off. I don't care what Dana White. Dana White right now is on Jake Asman's show today. Big whoop. <laughs> I can't, I, I wouldn't even sit down and talk to Dana White face to face because I can't stand the man. I think he's a, he's a thief. I don't think he wants... He, he doesn't want his fighters to make any money off endorsements, but he wants the fighters to make the money off the endorsements he, he provides to them, which is nothing. Pennies to a dollar. There are fighters right now in the UFC that are 12-0 and 0 that are not making more than $50,000 a fight. So basically he's the second worst guy running a league after Roger Goodell. <laughs> Yeah, that's why that's why he was always at uh, Radio Row. You don't see you don't see any of you don't see Rob Manford going to Radio Row. You don't see Gary Bettman going to Radio Row, but you see Dana White there. <laughs> yes, because Gary Bettman's very good too. <laughs> Not. <laughs> He's better than Roger Goodell and Dana White. Yeah, okay. He's still bad though. <laughs> I look at the UFC right now as a joke. I really do. And they they're trying to ride. They're trying to ride their little ponies. They're trying to ride the, the bull with Conor McGregor and John Jones. And when you look at John Jones as a whole, John Jones is not the same dominant fighter he once was. He's not. I understand he's only lost one fight because of disqualification. Who has John Jones beaten in Alaska? And I want to hear about Cormier because he was doing steroids when he beat Cormier. So we don't even know if he would have beaten Cormier if he wasn't doing steroids. He was caught twice. 
Now, I, I think John Jones is one of the greatest fighters to ever come out of the UFC. Unlike Conor McGregor, who I don't even think is even in the top 15 of all time. And anybody that thinks that Conor McGregor is a top, top 15 fighter in MMA of all time, they're out of their minds. Right now, when you look at the UFC and you look at their, their rankings, how do you rank this? John Jones being the number one fighter. McGregor, before McGregor, before McGregor came back, he's been out for three years. He was the fourth ranked fighter in the UFC. This is a guy that hasn't fought in three years. I don't know how the UFC ranks their fighters. And I, I'm surprised Ronda Rousey is not even in the UFC anymore. She's not ranked still. And this is why when I look at boxing, and everybody says, oh, boxing's falling off. It's falling off. There are better champions right now. There's a better heavyweight division. There's a better, weight, there's a better uh, lightweight division right now. Uh, you have better champions. There are better prize fighters in boxing right now. If you told Canelo Alvarez to fight Conor McGregor for $100 million, you think Canelo's not going to do it? He's going to do it. It's $100 million. You're going to fight a guy that, yes, he's, he's a great boxer. If Conor McGregor had a chance to fight Canelo Alvarez for $100 million, he would do it in a heartbeat. He, he'll, he'll tell you, where do I sign? Because it's, it, it's all about entertainment. Connor's all about entertaining people. Even though the guy's the biggest jackass I've ever seen on national radio, national TV, national sports. I think when, when you look at and you try to weigh this out and you look at professional sports as a whole and you look at all the, the presidents and the, and, the, and the commissioners of all the sports and you try to weigh out why these guys do what they do. When you think of Dana White, when you think of Goodell, and you think of Gary Bettman, and you think of Rob Manford, and you think of Arium, or, or, or Arium who is the, he's, in a, I guess, he's a promoter, because there is no commissioner of boxing. There is, commissioner, there is a commissioner of boxing, but the real people that run boxing is the promoters. The promoters run boxing. Oscar De La Hoya runs boxing. Bruce Arums runs boxing. Don King does not run boxing anymore. Don King has nothing to do with boxing anymore. He doesn't have any big fighters under him, under his, uh, his reins anymore. So Don King is no longer in charge of boxing or pushing boxing or promoting. He's got, he's got a couple of fighters, but fighters that nobody even gives a crap about. There's no more, he doesn't run Mike Tyson or Deont Deontay Wilder. None of those guys fight under him. So now when I, when I look at this story and I, I talk about it, it irks me. It irks me when I look at MMA and I look at boxing and I try to compare them. And I'm sorry, guys, there is no comparison to both sports at all. At all.
and I'm sure people want to hear this, and MMA fans wonder why I don't talk enough MMA on below the mic or down to the wire, because I have a show called Caged and MMA, and I, I like to stick with MMA with MMA. But this story really bothers me because if Khabib is getting offered $100 million, I don't care who he's supposed to fight. I would take that fight. I don't care. Get, get this Ferguson fight. If you beat Ferguson, which I don't think Khabib is going to beat Tony Ferguson. I don't. I think Tony Ferguson's going to beat Khabib, and then he's going to fight McGregor, and he's going to kick the hell out of McGregor because I think he's the best all-around fighter in their division. And I don't care what Conor McGregor says. He likes to fight in 170. If he fights another 170 fighter besides old man Cerrone, he's going to get his butt whipped. Conor McGregor runs MMA because MMA lets him. Dana White lets him. That's the only reason why. And then you know why he lets him? Because there are no other fighters besides him and John Jones that anybody gives a crap about in the UFC. That's it for our show, ladies and gentlemen. Up next, the home stretch, 845-478-3272. I'd like to thank Jeff for calling the show and being an ass. Like always. Uh, remember, you can reach us and follow us by going to WorldWideSportsRadio.com. Search us and follow us on all the social media platforms. I don't have to mention them. You know where to follow us. Up next, home stretch with Tyler, Mothball, Harrison, and the gang. And we'll be back next week. Actually, we will not be back next week. Uh, we will be back very, very soon, as you guys know. But until then... This is Errol Marks, Speedy Petey, saying good night, and we'll talk to you then. Good night, everybody. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.